What's going on, guys? Sam Adams here, and welcome to another episode of Cavanade today for September the 20th. I hope you guys are doing well. For those that are new to the show, my name is Samuel Adams, and welcome. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Now, for those that are brand new, this is a daily gaming news show. I bring you the hottest gaming news from around the industry, and today we have a death that is very significant, in my opinion, and that is the unofficial death of the PlayStation Vita, which isn't actually happening until next year. So we've got a few more months of life left in the Vita, but many more beyond that if you do want to go into the backlog, which I would recommend doing. But again, that is not the only story of the day. We have Marvel Spider-Man being the fastest selling first party game ever for Sony. Very impressive stuff there. On top of that, some PlayStation Now news, which offers downloading of certain PS4 and PS2 games. Game Sora is reporting that the 343 Chief, excuse me, has given a little bit more elaboration on the Halo Infinite loot boxes, which we talked about earlier this week. On top of that, Red Dead Redemption 2 news, Fortnite news, and Capcom has a pretty awesome collectible for those that do like those collectibles. But that is pretty much the lineup for the day. A bit shorter than your standard episode of Caffeinate, but again, you take the new as it comes and today everybody has been mourning the loss of the PlayStation Vita. All day I've been crying, just kidding. Uh, but again, I appreciate you joining me for today's episode. Again, I hope you enjoy it, but without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to the show. First off, PlayStation Vita manufacturing is going to stop in Japan next year. Again, rip to the PlayStation Vita. Sony will cease manufacturing the handheld PlayStation Vita in Japan after 2019 and does not plan to release a successor. Sony Interactive Entertainment Senior Vice President Hiroyuki Oda, I believe is how you say his name, has confirmed to Famitsu. 2019 will be the eighth year of the console's life after it was released in December of 2011. Quote, currently we do not have any plans regarding a new handheld device, Oda said in comments translated by Gamatsu. In Japan, we will manufacture PlayStation Vita until 2019. From there, shipping will end. It's unclear, however, whether he was referring only to Japan, where the Vita has been extremely popular, or to worldwide shipments. The PlayStation Portable follow-up has always struggled to live up to the success of its predecessor, having sold just 16 million units worldwide compared to the PSP's 80 million despite playing host to a number of excellent ports, including Persona 4 Golden, Spelunky, and Final Fantasy X Remaster, or Final Fantasy X. If you, if you want to get specific about it, uh, if you want to get real about it, the handheld struggled offer, excuse me, struggled to offer many essential exclusives of its own. The Vita's release also coincided with the release of smartphone gaming, which has meant that manufacturers now have to work a lot harder to convince people to invest in a dedicated handheld system. And so, that is pretty much where the story does wind up coming to you from The Verge. Of course, that pretty much wraps up all the details as to what's going on with the Vita. As of right now, it's just not looking good for the handheld. Of course, I've had one since launch day. Actually, there was a mix-up at the GameStop that I wanted to go pick mine up at. Uh, and as it turns out, I paid for the Wi-Fi-only version, and I got the shitty AT&T 3G version. So, so there you have it. I could have barely any connection in the middle of a park if I did want to add some more money to the cell phone bill, which I did want to do, and many people simply did not, which is why the 3D or 3D, whoops, 3G version got discontinued shortly after launch. Uh, now when it comes to the PlayStation Vita, should you buy one? As far as 2018 goes and even beyond that, I would say 100% yes, depending on what you expect to get out of it, because the PlayStation Vita has a lot of hidden little gems. I have truly, truly enjoyed my PlayStation Vita and the time that I've spent on it, and I tweeted earlier today after I kind of talked about what was going on with the PlayStation Vita, and I did say, this is my favorite handheld and will continue to be my favorite handheld, and I say that considering that the Switch, in my opinion, is also a handheld. This 
kind of goes above and beyond what the Switch has to offer at the moment. Now, of course, graphics-wise, not necessarily on the same level. 100% right there with you. If you want to get those kind of graphically impressive games, you should go over to the Switch. You are not going to be playing Doom on the PlayStation Vita, without a doubt. That being said, the experiences on the PlayStation Vita are something else. It truly is a fantastic little handheld. One of of the uh, standout experiences in my mind is whenever I was playing Unit 13, a very uh, early on game in the PlayStation Vita's life cycle, it was made by Zipper Interactive, the guys that made SOCOM, and I remember specifically in my mind being on vacation and grinding through that game and truly enjoying everything that the developers had laid down on the table and really noticing how it did flow very well on the PlayStation Vita. Of course, on top of that, it became an indie machine. I mean, if you wanted to play an indie game, chances are between the years of, I would say, 2011 and maybe 2016 or 17, you really did have a solid chance to play it on the PlayStation Vita. I know that it's a little bit of a stereotype, but I really enjoy playing Taco Master on the PlayStation Vita. For those that don't know uh, what Taco Master is, it's essentially a mobile game that was ported over to the PlayStation Vita, and it's kind of like a, uh, a taco bar where you have to craft tacos, and it's kind of like a cooking show, kind of weird. It's weird, I'm sorry. But it's very cheap. I got the Platinum Trophy when I was on vacation. Truly a fun experience, but there are many, many more in-depth experiences, but you can go as far as you want with it. Overall, the PlayStation Vita was by far my favorite handheld and will continue to be my favorite handheld. Uh, But again, the PlayStation Vita from 2011, actually to 2018. Now, it did launch in 2012 on the uh, the U.S. side of things, but overall, uh, eight years of life when it does become discontinued in Japan. Very impressive run for a console that only sold 19 million units, I believe, according to this article. Again, the PSP was just setting a large bar, or a high bar, I suppose I should say, for what was expected of a new Sony handheld, and quite frankly, I would have been surprised if the Vita had been able to hit 80 million units sold, even under the best of circumstances, simply because of smartphone gaming. I mean, when Whenever you take the time to consider what they are laying down, uh, truly, whenever you can play games like PUBG and Fortnite on your mobile device, why do we need another handheld device? Of course, uh, with the Nintendo Switch, it kind of you know married those two ideas of gaming where you do have a handheld console and you do have a home console built into one. Uh, but that is what really drove the Switch to success. If they had released another 3DS, essentially, it might not have been uh, as highly adopted, I suppose, in the best way to say it, uh, as the original 3DS. Again, this is just kind of outpouring my thoughts here. But again, the PlayStation Vita is fantastic. I truly am a big fan of it. But overall, we'll see how it goes. We'll see if fans do begin to kind of cry out for a successor to the PlayStation Vita. Will they? No. No, they won't. No one will hear your cries for help. It got really quiet. Just moving on to the next story. Marvel Spider-Man is Sony's fastest-selling first-party game ever. That is massive. Marvel Spider-Man is the fastest-selling PlayStation exclusive of all time. With 3.3 million copies sold within the first three days of its release, Insomniac Games Spider-Man for PS4 is the fastest-selling first-party game of all time. USA Today reported the sales milestone for Marvel Spider-Man, indicating that assuming all copies were sold at the standard MSRP of $59.99, USA Today worked those 3.3 million copies sold out to be about $198 million. Though, of course, the collector's edition of the game would factor into those sales. Not included, get this, in either of those figures are copies that were sold 
as part of the $399 PlayStation 4 Pro bundle that comes with a copy of Spider-Man packaged in. One million copies of Spider-Man were pre-ordered prior to its release, which is another record for Sony, according to USA Today. Quote, our expectations are always set at the highest level, said Sony Global Senior Vice President of Sales Stephen Turvey, the executive president Insomniac, excuse me, the executive praise Insomniac for, quote, bringing Spider-Man back to gaming in a way that you want to experience it. It's met and exceeded all expectations. I think the company and the campus and our fans are super proud of it. And I know that I truly am super proud of it. Of course, over on uh, Inso- or, excuse me, Sony and Insomniac released Spider-Man exclusively on PS4 on September the 7th. It was already clear the game was said to be a hugely successful uh, game just a few days later when it was revealed to be the fastest-selling game of the year in the UK. Of course, IGN gave it an 8.7 out of 10. I think that might be a bit low. I would have gone up to maybe a 9.5 even. Uh, there are a couple of elements of it that I think I would change, but overall, the game is almost perfect. It truly is a, an absolutely fantastic game. But overall, whenever you're looking at Spider-Man, I would say this is kind of a perfect example of how you bring a mainline franchise like Spider-Man back into the limelight and really show people what it's made of. Because you have this Arkham-style combat, if you will, from Rocksteady uh, that has really been perfected by Insomniac Games. I've gone back and I've started playing the Batman games again, and I can confidently say uh, that as compared to the remastered version of Arkham Asylum, Spider-Man blew that out of the water. It's so smooth, it's so fluid, the storytelling was fantastic. I cannot wait to see what happens with the DLC, which I am 100% buying, guaranteed, no questions asked. Uh, But with 3.3 million copies sold, it is no shock uh, to see why people are truly enjoying this game. And it's no shock to see that they are truly enjoying this game. My question, though, is how exactly are they going to pencil in these PlayStation 4 Pro bundle numbers uh, whenever everything is compiled together? How many of those were actually sold? Because I've seen many, many people on social media posting about getting this special edition of the PlayStation 4 Pro console. So, you know, it's it's still going to be much more impressive whenever everything finally does get a little bit more uh, shaken out, so to speak, to see how many copies were actually sold when it comes to everything put together. I know that I accounted for one. I know that probably from me talking about it, some people have gone ahead and it. I have no idea how big my reach goes, uh, but I know that a lot of my friends have been considering it, and I have been talking it up a storm because, man, is this thing absolutely amazing. Uh, so again, congratulations to the guys over at Insomniac. It's awesome to see uh, that this kind of thing can take off in 2018 because there has been this discussion throughout the entire year where multiplayer is the talk of the town. BR is the talk of the town. Everybody's talking about how many people are playing Fortnite and PUBG, and with the new Blackout mode coming to Call of Duty, more and more focus on multiplayer and loot boxes and microtransactions, and all of that's well and good. But if this game has proven anything, on top of that, we have God of War as well. Single-player experiences are still going to be fantastic coming up in the rest of 2018, going into 2019, it's still going to be a mainstay of what you're going to be getting in the gaming industry. And that, my friends, is a fantastic sight to see. So glad to see that more effort is being put into this kind of cinematic experience. And I can tell you right now that I am looking forward to whatever will come from Insomniac Games' next adventure. And I'm hoping... As much as I, you know, hesitate to say it, that it's not directly back to Spider-Man, I want to see what else they have to flesh out, but I would love to see Spider-Man 2 coming out at some point in the future. Not the one with Dr. Octavius, that's what we have now, but you know what I'm saying, a sequel to this one. It gets confusing whenever you're talking about the franchise overall, but I digress. Uh, Congratulations again to Insomniac Games, to Sony, and to the guys over at PlayStation for a fantastic, flawless launch. And man, look at that screenshot. That's real nice. That is real nice. 
But moving on to PlayStation Now news, which is offering downloading of PS4 and PS2 games. Feature comes to subscribers this week. Coming to us from Polygon. PlayStation Now subscribers will have the option of downloading PlayStation 4 and remastered PlayStation 2 games in the services library, Sony announced today. The capability will be rolled out over the next couple of days. Quote, almost all PS4 games in the service are downloadable according to the announcement without specifying which ones or types are not. Downloaded games will also support all user purchase DLC and microtransactions as well as PS4 Pro enhancements and online multiplayer does not require a PlayStation Plus subscription as is the case with games streamed over PlayStation Now. A PS4 system is downloaded, excuse me, with downloaded games from PlayStation Now will still need to connect to the internet every few days to verify the user's subscription PlayStation added. Users who have already streamed a game and now wish to download it may transfer their save files from the cloud to their consoles provided they also have a PlayStation Plus membership. A little bit of a uh, workaround there but still good to hear you can transfer it. PlayStation Now launched in January of 2015. Its library comprises more than 500 titles for PlayStation 2, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 3, though the PS3 games are not covered by the downloading feature. New subscribers can sign up for $99 per year under a promotion until September the 25th. PlayStation Plus subscribers can get three months for $29.99 under the same deal. And there you guys have it. You can finally download games from the PlayStation Now service. Now, for those that don't know what PlayStation Now is, it's essentially kind of like Netflix, but for gaming. You can stream PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, and PlayStation 2 games to your console without any kind of really hiccup of what I understand. It does seem to work fairly well. I don't know how many people use this service. I think we talked about numbers a few months back, but it slipped my mind. But it is a fantastic idea because this very well could be the future of gaming. I've heard a lot of discussion around what's going on with PlayStation Now and how it could be also used uh, and kind of combined with something like Xbox Game Pass to really give you an all-out experience for a small amount of money as compared to what you would normally spend buying all of these games. I mean, whenever you're looking at something like Xbox uh, Game Pass, you have Sea of Thieves included with that, which is normally a $60 game whenever it did launch, which it was added on launch day. On top of that, you've got every Gears game, every Halo game, a ton of other games that are mixed in there. The amount of money you spend on the service is justified by the amount of games that you get. With PlayStation Now, even at 100 bucks, it's still a fantastic deal because you do get games that stretch across the entire PlayStation library, across console generations, and you can play them for as long as you want, as long as you have these subscription service and on top of that the fact that you can download them now is great because then you can go on a trip play through some of your old ps4 and ps2 games unfortunately ps3 games are not included in the download service because they are not compatible uh, with the playstation 4 but again 100 bucks a year i understand it's a lot of money as we see in the chat however with that being said still i mean considering that's cheaper than the price of two new games it's hard to beat that. I mean, it really truly is hard to beat that in my opinion. So again, if you have a hundred bucks in a PlayStation 4 and you want to play some old games, some new games and everything in between, you could check out PlayStation Now, uh, which again, that is the promotional price. Could be a little bit pricier whenever the uh, promotion does end on September the 25th. But again, PlayStation Plus subscribers can get three months for $29.99. Hashtag ad. Hashtag just kidding. Not really an ad. They don't pay me those bucks. What you talking about, boy? But moving on to an Xbox story, sort of, kind of, 343 FPS Chief says no real money loot boxes in Halo Infinite. Now, I want to back up and say this title could be a little bit misleading. The 343 FPS Chief is not Master Chief, as the title does lead you to believe. Make no mistake, this is not literally the dude from Halo speaking. This is the guy that's in control over Halo Infinite. Let's make that very clear. But moving on to the actual news. In response to queries about 
How microtransactions will be implemented in Halo Infinite, 343 Industries Studio Head of FPS Games Chris Lee tweeted today that the game, quote, will not include real money loot boxes. Lee's tweet comes after some news sites began responding to a job posting for an online experience design director, excuse me, at 343. Said job posting does seem to indicate the game will contain microtransactions as many AAA games from Assassin's Creed to NBA 2K19 currently do. It's worth noting that Lee's phrasing leaves open scenarios where players might purchase in-game currency or even the fuzzy notion of how one would they find a, quote, loot box. Halo 5 Guardians notably introduced a microtransaction system that relied on card packs that contained both cosmetic upgrades and in-game items that could be used in the game's Warzone mode which I didn't like at all, so I never bought anything. However, a far more important component of Lee's tweet is that 343 is still, quote, working through final plans for microtransactions, meaning there may be any number of revenue streams being planned for the popular Xbox shooter. And so, there you have it, ladies and gents. You are going to be getting loot boxes in the next Halo, but they could not be bought with real-world money, according to the guy over there in charge of the design of Halo Infinite. So, is it still going to have microtransactions? Yes. I would say it's probably going to be something like you're going to be seeing uh, from Fortnite, where you can't earn the V-Bucks and buy whatever content does end up coming out with in-game grinding or with real-world money. Uh, on top of that, you could probably see something being implemented like they had with the original Halo 5 microtransactions, where you do just buy a card pack or something similar to that. Again, they're kind of working through it right now. Uh, but we do have the clarification that, indeed, you are not going to have real money loot boxes. But again, that could leave open a lot of options here. It just depends on how they decide to go ahead and do the entire game. I'm still looking forward to Halo Infinite. I think it's going to be a fantastic FPS. Again, I'm a huge Halo fan. I love the history of Halo. I love the way that it has kind of inundated the gaming industry and become part of it. Uh, when people think about video games, they'll say Halo. People think about Halo. Uh, it's still going on in 2018. Of course, Halo 5 wasn't necessarily the most popular Halo game that has ever come out. Uh, but at the same time, Halo is still and will always be a legendary game. And on top of that, without Halo, you wouldn't have what we have going on with Destiny right now, where Destiny 2 is a worldwide sensation uh, it wouldn't have happened without Halo and so to have no respect for the franchise is something that I could never really see happening and that's why I truly do enjoy the game overall so will I be picking up Halo Infinite we'll see if I still have a you know Xbox One at that point we'll see if it actually does end up coming out on the Xbox One I assume that it probably will considering Microsoft is going for kind of a bridging the gap of the Xbox generation so to speak uh, so we'll see what happens with it but right now loot boxes are still on the table but you might not have to buy them with real-world money. You could just grind as hard as your little heart can, which is not that hard at all for me because I don't really like grinding that much. And in the chat, we have, you will have an Xbox. Yeah, I probably will buy this. If I don't have an Xbox, then I'd probably buy one specifically for this game. It is what it is. Also, the Xbox One, I'm probably going to keep it just because it is a giant, uh, I guess, backwards compatible machine. That's really what the draw of it is for me, because you do have so many games that are available via backwards compatibility. It really does kind of, uh, you know, keep that uh, generation in touch, so to speak. But that's a video for another day. Now, we have some Red Dead Redemption 2 news, which is going to feature a full first-person mode at launch. Very, very cool. From the eyes of an outlaw, says the guy over at IGN. Rockstar has revealed that Red Dead Redemption 2 will follow in GTA 5's footsteps by allowing you to play the entire game from a first-person perspective. Shown off in our hands-on interview with the game, first-person mode can be turned on and off at any time. On the PS4, this is done by clicking the trackpad to cycle through the camera modes until you get to first-person and applies to the entire game, barring cutscenes. The feature will be available at launch. It's something of a surprise. GTA 5 only added a first-person mode upon its release for Xbox One and PS4, well over a year after the game was launched on last-gen consoles, and of course, 
they've been going on with two hours of the game over on IGN. You can check out the gameplay if you did want to do that. But at the moment, Red Dead Redemption 2 with a full first-person mode launch is very, very impressive, something that I think is really going to improve the experience for a lot of people. Of course, as the article does say, the first-person mode for GTA 5 wasn't added until the game came out on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, and for a lot of people, uh, that was really the draw of going back to GTA 5 to begin with. People wanted that first-person mode, and of course, it later came to PC as well. Uh, but I will say, I think this is going to be a much more immersive kind of experience. Uh, it's going to be a way to to really get immersed in the entire world that Rockstar has built. And so will I be checking this one out whenever I do get my hands on the game at some point in the future? Yeah, I would say that I definitely will. Will I be playing fully through the entire, you know, campaign in first person? Probably not. I like to be able to see my character, see what he's wearing, kind of get a full view of what's going on in the scenery. Again, that's just me. That's something that's kind of strange in my book. But overall, if you did want to dive in and play Red Dead Redemption 2 in first person, you can totally do that whenever it does launch uh, on September or no, October the 12th, I think. Uh, hold on. I got to Google that. Red Dead Redemption 2 release date. Uh, there we go. October 26th, excuse me, Call of Duty is on the October the 12th. That's two weeks later, so I apologize for that. But if you did want to dive into Red Dead Redemption 2, you can check it out on October the 26th, and you can play in first person. So, you know, that's pretty cool. Also in the chat, we have Alan saying, the ones I'm busy with are Fallout 3 and SSX. Two fantastic options. But I would say Red Dead Redemption 2, probably going to be better than both of those combined. However, a game that is not better than either of those combined, Fortnite had over 78 million players in August, its biggest month yet. Again, let me repeat that. Fortnite had over 78 million players in August, its biggest month yet. That's nutty. Okay, that's absolutely insane. In a recent blog post detailing the format for the upcoming Fall Skirmish competition, Epic casually dropped its August Fortnite player numbers as if they were a minor footnote. With Fortnite Season 6 and the one-year anniversary of Battle Royale coming up next week, Fortnite just had its biggest month yet. August was Fortnite's biggest month yet, with 78.3 million of you showing up to play. Again, that's 78.3 million unique accounts on six platforms. That number also indicates the slowly growing Chinese audience, where Fortnite is being rolled out in waves with a private beta on Tencent's Wii game platform. It's worth noting that the new Nintendo Switch and Android audiences are likely major contributors to the overall number, but it's an impressive statistic no matter which way you slice it. Even if you divide that number by how many platforms Fortnite is playable on, that's over 10 million players per platform, something most developers can hardly fathom. Again, that's over 10 million players per platform if you divide it evenly among Android, iOS, Switch, Xbox One, PS4, and PC. I think I got them all there. Pretty sure. However, that is incredible. Absolutely mind-boggling. 78.3 million people are playing Fortnite at the current time. Uh, really impressive stuff. Now, the question is, how long can this last? That's really what it comes down to. Uh, because, of course, we have Blackout coming out on October the 12th. Uh, we have the recent launch of the free-to-play game uh, Rings of Elysium, or Ring of Elysium, I believe, which is not going to compete with Fortnite directly at all, but it is gaining some traction on Twitch and other streaming platforms. Uh, on top of that, just general fatigue is hitting a lot of the gaming industry, and a lot of talk is going around uh, that Fortnite is quickly becoming the next Minecraft. Now, that being said, Minecraft numbers are still fantastic in 2018. Fortnite numbers are going to be impressive for years to come. Make no mistake about it. You're still going to be here a lot about Fortnite here on the channel and also in other mediums as well. However, you can't deny that the game is doing very well, regardless of who is playing it, whether it be 11 to 14 year olds or 28 to 50 year olds. It's still going to be a game that people are going to be going to for a very, very long time. 
But again, every time I talk about this kind of thing, I must say congratulations to the guys uh, over there behind the scenes at Epic Games because right now you have something that nobody could have predicted. Uh, whenever the game launched last year, I remember the first thing I heard about it was the fact that PUBG was planning to sue Fortnite uh, for stealing their Battle Royale idea, which of course can't exactly happen. They later tried that, and that got shut down. So there you have it. Uh, however, to be able to say that you have gone from being a base defense shooter to the number one game in the world that has millions of people playing it, almost like 78.3 million people playing it. Uh, That is totally worth, uh, you know, some kudos and some acknowledgement. So again, congratulations. And with season six coming up next week, I'm sure more people are going to be jumping in uh, in the end of September going into October. Could be some pretty fun stuff here if I do say so myself. Interested, as I said yesterday, to see what they do with Halloween approaching, because that could very well be a big game changer as well. But moving on to the final story of the day, Capcom releases Mega Man Classics cartridges. Now, this is not something uh, that you can play digitally. Again, this is a Classics cartridge. Again, both Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 10 are limited to 8,500 units each. And this is coming to you from IM8Bit, which is the online store, which kind of does uh, limited run collectible stuff, kind of like limited run games. But as promised, Capcom's Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 10 playable game cartridges are now available from IM8Bit's online store for $100 each. Meaning if you put in a pre-order for either or both back in May, they'll be making your way uh, stat. The cartridges are limited to just 8,500 units each, but will be sent to you in one of two colors. Opaque light blue, 7,500 units per game, and translucent glow-in-the-dark blue. Wow, rarer at 100, or excuse me, 1,000 units. Which one you get is totally random because everyone loves surprises, right? No, I don't like surprises. I want my glow-in-the-dark cartridge, thank you very much, if I'm paying $100 for it, or I'd pay 200 and get it to be glow-in-the-dark. Or I could just buy some glow-in-the-dark stickers and put on it later. Ruining the value of it completely. Make no mistake, don't do that. However, there are slight differences in the packaging of both games. Mega Man 2, for instance, comes with an instruction booklet with a 4 by Arthur uh, Salvatore Payne, whose book Mega Man 3 charts the history of the franchise and video game collecting, while 10's booklet features a foreword by YouTuber Gerard the Completionist Khalil. Both arrive in time for Mega Man's 30th anniversary and days ahead of Mega Man 11's arrival on consoles and PC. Every now and then, enthusiasts are treated to the odd classic console cartridge. Recent releases include Capcom Street Fighter 2 and the wholly new fork parker's crunch out both for the snes and so there you have it ladies and gents if you do want to dive into the classic Mega Man games you can do so on uh whatever console that i guess it would be nes i would say yes uh yes the snes i apologize uh so if you did want to dive into that then by all means you can give it a shot if you haven't gotten them already again this is a very limited run if you did want to get them from im8 bit of course there's going to be a huge aftermarket for this kind of thing if you wanted to find them on ebay uh, because i'm sure that you're going to be able to pay thousands of dollars for them within the next five years or so Uh, but what's more interesting to this uh, for me or about this for me is the fact that it's almost lining up with Mega Man 11's arrival and on top of that you have the legacy collections that have been growing in popularity over the course of the past couple of months Uh, really impressive collections they've been releasing and Capcom has been doing very well bringing Mega Man back into the limelight Uh, of course the past couple of years have been up and down for Mega Man I would say uh, you do have the uh, the introduction of Mighty Number no. 9, a little game that was trying to carry the torch for Mega Man, but it failed drastically. Absolutely fell on its face. And so now we have the uh, people wondering where the smaller versions of the game are for Mega Man, or excuse me, Mighty Number no. 9, uh, with the Vita version not ever coming out, and the 3DS version, I believe, still MIA, if I remember correctly. Uh, we talked about it a couple of episodes ago. But I will say that with Mega Man, the Legacy Collection's coming out with 1 and 2, on top of that, a new Mega Man game 
game on top of that, these small limited runs of these classic cartridges. Really good stuff here. Really awesome stuff. So congratulations to the guys over at Capcom. You're doing a fantastic job. But the guys that really win the day are the guys that are getting $100 each for these cartridges. No, I'm just kidding. The fans, the fans are the ones that win the day. Uh, but again, really cool stuff. I would love the glow-in-the-dark one. But will that happen? Nah, probably not. Because your boy is too cheap for that. Your boy is way too cheap for that. So again, to wrap up the entire day, giving you a quick rundown again, which is going to be a new thing that I do every day. The PlayStation Vita manufacturing is wrapping up in Japan. Marvel Spider-Man is selling like hotcakes with 3.3 million in three days after its release. PlayStation Now is adding the ability to download games from PS4 and PS2 libraries. On top of that, 343 has said that the money loot boxes for Halo Infinite are not going to be real money. So that's probably going to be good for you. Probably. Maybe. Red Dead Redemption 2 is having a first-person mode at launch. Fortnite has had over 78 million people playing in the month of August. Again, mind-boggling. On top of that, Capcom has released some Mega Man collectible little cartridges for you to enjoy for $100 each. Again, let me let me repeat that. $100. That's a lot of money right there. Not for my blood. Not for my blood. Uh, but again, that wraps it up for today's episode of Caffeinated. If you did enjoy today's show, be sure to drop me a like down below. I appreciate you guys that have hung in there and watched live because I always love having people to chat about the news with. And if you want to join me live, again, this show is hosted on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media every weeknight at 7 p.m. Eastern Time if you did want to join me to give you a rundown of the hottest gaming news of the day. But be sure to follow me on Twitter at PrettyChillGuy if you did want to keep up to date with everything that's going on in my personal life, in the videos that are coming out, in streams that may or may not happen. We'll see what happens. I'm a busy man got things to do. In fact, the Jets are starting in about 45 minutes, so I gotta go see them whoop up on the Cleveland Browns. It's gonna be a massacre. It's weird that I'm into football now. Sorry, I apologize. Not a total nerd. It is what it is. But I will see you guys tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your night, and peace.